This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. So, this morning, how marvellous, here we are, it's Christmas, we have all the stuff, I love it, I love it. I love Christmas so much, I'm already starting to feel a little bit sick with excitement. Anybody else like that? I just love it. Now, bear in mind, I do understand and we are mindful, aren't we, that Christmas isn't always a great time for people. And with that in mind, but you know what? For the Christians, we celebrate Christ at Christmas, don't we? Don't we? Don't we? Oh my God, some of you are like that. Well, actually, actually, Andrea, it's all about after eights and Toblerone. But, you know, if you want to sling a bit of Jesus in, I'm all right with it. But no, we celebrate Christ at Christmas, don't we? And that's what we're here. And even though it's the middle of December, Advent has begun. And I really, 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 really feel powerfully this morning that what God wants us to do is engage with him this Christmas. I feel what he wants to do this Christmas is what he wants to do every Christmas, is celebrate the birth of his son, his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, but to have everybody come to know the fullness of love that is in Christ Jesus to the glory of God, our Father. This Christmas is about God. It is about knowing God. It is about putting people in the presence of God. It is about lifting his name up high. And you know how gracious God is? He gets to let us to eat lush food and be with each other and sing carols and watch cute little babies in outfits doing nativities which I would happily break into primary schools for for the rest of my life to watch that stuff you know that's how gracious God is he gives us all the nice stuff all he asks in return is that we love him above all else Come on. So with that in mind, today I'm speaking to you, Christ follower, to you, Christian. I am speaking to you. Can we put the first verse up, Lee? I am asking you a serious question today. And I believe this is a question that God wants to ask you today. This is from Proverbs 23, 23, that famous Christmas verse. Yeah, okay. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. My friends, this morning I am asking you, beseeching you, God is begging you this morning, do not sell the truth for a lie. Amen? Merry Christmas! This morning, that is what God is asking you. He is asking each and every one of us, do not sell the truth for a lie. If the message of Christmas is anything, it is that Christ is not just for Christmas, he is for life. Okay, so as we celebrate our Christmas, as we do our outreach, as we get people into church, friends, we must remember that for us, it is a daily choice to follow Jesus and submit to his will. Yes? Okay, so I was listening to Radio 4. As some of you know, I am that person. I love Radio 4. I make no excuses about it. You know, you can talk to me about it after, laugh about me after, that's fine. And this thing was on, this program was on, and it's called... There is a psychological phenomenon, you know how much I love those as well, and this is by a professor called Tim Levine, and it is called the truth default setting. Ever heard of it? No? Well, let me fill you in. The truth default setting is the phenomenon that as human beings, we are intrinsically wired to be credulous. We are intrinsically designed, psychologically created to believe truth over lie, right? You are designed for belief, right? And this, uh, through studies that have been done, okay, we are more prone to accept a truth rather than a lie, and that is what they call the truth default setting, because we are psychologically built to overlook a lie when we see it because we want truth in our lives. 
This is true stuff. Look it up. Look it up. That what this professor said, that there has been no evolutionary lie detector built into human beings. We haven't got better at it over the years. Right? So we can't look at people and go, lie, 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 lie. Even though deep down you know someone is lying to you, you are predisposed to ignore the doubts and red flags and go for the truth instead. Right? So do you see that how important it is that we are anchored into the hope and truth of Christ Jesus so that when we give people the truth and speak the truth, we're doing it with a capital T. Right? Because truth is a person, isn't it? Truth is a name. I looked up, that's a quote from someone. I did try and find it because I always believe in, do you know what? If you're ever doing anything, truth in all parts, acknowledge your sources, people. Don't pass anything off as your own if you got it from someone else. Basic. Yeah? So I tried to, but Jesus culture was the only thing I could come up with that had that. So, you know, so props to Jesus culture, but I didn't make it up. So why do we default to truth? Why do we do it? Because we are believers. We are created to be believers and we are created to believe in something. Isn't that amazing? So throughout the generations of history and our life, even though we know people are lying to us, we will always err on the side of truth, even when our better judgment tells us not to. Because what we want to do is cling on to the hope of truth in something. Yes? People are like that. I have no idea what you're talking about, Andrea. You're using lots of words. I'll tell you what, I thought this week was the turkey rolls week. That's all I've come for. Right, that's next week. Hang on in there. Hang on in there. But this is what we're talking about. You see, you can't have Jesus if you don't want truth. This is the thing. And you know what? This is what I'm going to say to us all. Do you want the truth? How many of us love being lied to? Okay, let's do a straw poll. How many people here have been lied to? Right. How many people here felt a complete fool when you found out that there was a lie? Right? How many of us here blamed ourselves for believing the lie? Right? Here we go. Here we go. And it's horrible, isn't it? It feels like you've lost a layer of skin, even if it was the tiniest thing. But what we need to remember is there are no distinctions in lies. A lie is a lie is a lie. Have you sent me that email, Andrea? Yes. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. I've just said a lie. And a lie is a lack of faith in Christ Jesus. Yeah? So when we lie, we're not putting trust in the right thing, are we? We're not telling the truth. Be encouraged this morning, friends, for we are all sinners and have fallen short of the glory of God. Yes? Now, be honest. Hands up again. How many of you have ever told a lie? Oh, look at the slow of people. Look at that. Oh, uh, no, I'm, I'm just stretching, stretching, like that. warming up, warming up. All of us, all of us, Dorothy's like that, two hands, I'm, yeah, me, me. We've all said fibs. We've all said fibs, but when it comes to our own fibs, oh, we give ourselves a much easier time, don't we? Don't we? Because our fibs are usually rooted in something that happened to, we make excuses for our own fibbing. Yes? But the hurt and shame of somebody else's lie in our life really cuts deep, doesn't it? Because we are designed to speak the truth and believe the truth. So that's why you hurt so much, isn't it? If we weren't, lies wouldn't matter, would they? Lives would just be a lie. Be like, oh, there we go. I can just say what I want. It doesn't make any difference. But you know, it matters, doesn't it? 
Anyway, we are moving on from this. This is just a preamble. Don't worry about it, everyone. So we are focusing on the truth because I want you to come away from here today knowing that the truth is more than a value or belief. It is more than a moral compass. It isn't just something that we do and we're good at because we're Christians. Why are we truthful? Oh, I'm a Christian. I'm always telling the truth. We need to be honest with ourselves today. We need to recognize in ourselves today that we are inherently capable of lies. We are inherently capable of fibbing and not telling the truth, of misleading, of omitting, omission. You know what? Just because you didn't tell the lie, you said nothing, doesn't mean it wasn't a lie. Yeah? Well, I didn't say anything. Fingers on lips. You know, when we withhold, when we withhold love and when we withhold truth, we are so unchristlike. I know that's hard. It's it's hard, isn't it? But surely, friends, our journey in our life is on a journey to holiness and perfection and Christlike. Amen? So be encouraged this morning because we've all made mistakes. We've all tripped up. But we're all on that journey together, aren't we? And if today we can just put a little roadblock in our path and think, I am going to be different from this second on, then today's the day, isn't it? How marvellous. Click up your heels. Let's come on. So today, I want you to know that the truth that is within you through Christ Jesus is intrinsic to you. It was already there. So when, you know, there was an old saying, do you say, you know, everybody's got a God-shaped hole inside of them, haven't they? That's what we say. We have. We have. Because he already created us in his image and he is truth. So we are created for truth and to believe truth. So the first thing, I've got two points this morning. The first thing is to remember, okay, that the truth is a good thing, but it's also a God thing. We think of the truth as being the good thing to do, the correct thing to do, the moral thing to do the not wrong thing to do. But actually, the truth is a God thing and we esteem it and we value it and we give it the highest honour. Does that, does that make sense? Because sometimes we can use the truth hurtfully, can't we? You know? But we always speak the truth in love. Well, that is not an excuse just to tell someone what you think of them. Right? That is not speaking the truth in love. We esteem the truth because it is a God thing and a good thing. Yes? So that's point one. The point two also is, it is a life service thing, not a lip service thing. Right? So we can tell the truth, but our lives are disconnected from Jesus. So the truth is a life service thing, not a lip service thing. Are we okay with that? Right. We're going to press on. So moving on. Why is it a God thing? Because God is truth. He is truth. He is some things. His character is completely indivisible from every other bit of his character. So God is love. He is truth. He's also judgment. He's also mercy. We can't chop the bits off that we want and just keep one bit that's nice and suits us. We have to have it all. And he is a God of truth. If you go to Deuteronomy 32 and in verse 4, he says, oh, Moses is saying this. He proclaims to the Israelites, his works are perfect and All his ways are just. He is a God of truth. He is his position in truth, truth with a capital T, is unassailable. He cannot tell a lie. He cannot go against his own word. He cannot revoke his promises. He will never change because he is unchanged and unchangeable. So when we speak the truth, In love, we are proclaiming the gospel of the Most High God. Amen? 
So when we tell people about Jesus, we're doing that. But also when we tell people the truth that is true, we are doing that. Because there are no shortcuts to God. Got it? So it's great that you were out, out and proud about being a Christian. Marvellous. Well done, us. Tick. Gold star from Jesus. But if our lives are shot through with self-deceit and deceit and lies, then we are not doing it right, are we? Are we? I know. I, please don't be judged. No condemnation this morning. This is about a self-realization and recognition which etches in the glory of God into our lives and the lives of others. Amen? Because for people to be set free, we have to be set free. It's true. So we need to stop one lying to ourselves and two because we're lying to ourselves, fibbing to others. So when we proclaim God, we proclaim the God most high, we're telling the truth. So we tell the truth at all times. Even when that's uncomfortable or unpopular. Yes? Even if it means a negative consequence for me. Yes? Yes? Amen. Yeah. Have you met that deadline, Andrea? I view deadlines more as guidelines. I'll be honest with you. No, I have not. No, I have not. Instead of, yes, I have. Have you not got it yet? Oh, I'll just check my outbox. I haven't sent it to you. I haven't sent it to you because I haven't written it yet. You know? And this is where, oh, look at this. University students like that. Oh, whoa, I said deadline. She's got PTSD. She's like that. You know? <laughs> Don't worry. It's fine. It's fine. Deadlines. In university cases, as I tell my son, deadlines are very much deadlines. They are not guidelines. Get your work done. No, it's okay. So it is part of his character. Truth is enshrined in the character of God. So when we say it is a good thing, it's also a God thing. Can we put up John 1, Lee, please? So Deuteronomy 32 also says, okay, it says this lovely line. You know that when you speak the word of God out, it is like abundant rain on tender shoots. Lies, lies won't do that. Lies won't water tender shoots. Okay, so abundant rain on tender shoots. You know, the most vulnerable areas of our lives, the most bruised parts of our lives, the most broken and intimate parts of our lives. When we speak truth into those parts by declaring the truth of God, it is watered and it breeds a harvest and it is a harvest for God himself for his glory. When we eschew the truth, when we deny the truth, when we don't want to speak the truth out, what we actually are at risk of doing, friends, is actually sowing a famine into our own lives. And if my life is famine and barren, then I can't feed anybody else in the name of Jesus, can I? So the barrenness that I have unwittingly and subconsciously sown into my own life directly affects the people in my world because I am not where I should be with Jesus. Because instead of having his word and his love water the tender shoots of my heart that they can flourish and blossom and bloom and produce fruit, instead I have protected that bit of me that hurts. That bit of me that's wounded, that bit of me is a, that is ashamed and guilty and I have kept it hidden from God's view and there is nothing, nothing fruitful that can come from that except coils of guilt and shame that will keep me enslaved forever. And my friends, we have an enemy who delights in that. that is not, the enemy doesn't want to see you fruitful. He doesn't want to see you fruitful. 
He wants to hoodwink you and kid you that that's your lot in life. You don't deserve any more than that. People like you don't do things like that. People like you don't get set free and transform other people. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Trust me this Christmas, that is a lie. When Jesus came into this world as our saviour, it was to spread abroad his love to all people for the glory of God the Father. You have been set free to set others free in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. 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 So here we are. You want a gospel message? You want a Christmas message? We're better, my friends, than John 1. We're better. Come on. I adore this. Is there anything else? People think, oh, it's a bit impenetrable. Is it going to be a bit difficult to read? This is all we need to know. This is it. I love it. Where is it? John 1. It's at the beginning of John. That's where John 1 is. Here we go. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning, there are no plan Bs. Jesus was not a plan B. You were not a plan B. Yes? You were planned and you are known and you have a name and you are recognized and valued and esteemed and cherished by the Most High God. And that was always his plan. Amen. Merry Christmas. Right. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. <gasps> there came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. <laughs> We are witnesses of that light. In the same way that John the Baptist was set aside for holy purpose to spread the gospel of Jesus, to prepare the way, to prepare the hearts of the people for the coming of the Lord, so are we called to holy purpose, friends. So I ask you this morning, when we think of truth, it is not merely to do a good service to your brother and sister. It is. It isn't merely that, though. It is a God service that you are benefiting the world with. We are world changers, and our truth changes the world and when we speak the word of God out it changes the world around us for God has decreed that his word will not return to him void so if I speak out the glory of God the love of God the wisdom of God the insight of God the knowledge of God the glory of God to people what will God get back all the glory and that is to the benefit of all mankind amen amen so when we speak the truth small t we are doing God's work when we speak the truth big t we are doing God do you see the difference between being a good servant but being a God servant as well there are lots of good people in this world who tell the truth lots and lots and lots and I thank God for them but I thank God for the ministers and saints he has put in my world who tell me the truth because that's the difference we need both don't we isn't it exciting I'm thrilled frankly thrilled okay Oh, Ruth is really ill, everyone. She's <laughs> choking to death here. So, now we know what Christ has done for us. So it is behoven upon us to know what we need to do for Christ. Yes? Yes? I went a bit shrill. Yes. Because 
it is not a quid pro quo thing. Oh, he's done nice things for me. I'll do nice things back. Jesus would have died anyway. He gave it all freely. Amen. He gave it all freely. So what he wants from us now? He wants all our worship. He wants all our praise. He wants our obedience and our sacrifice of praise before him every day. Why? Because he deserves it. And he's the only one who does. He's the only one who does. You're all lovely. And I'm sure you're looking at me and I know you're adoring me. I know. I know. I know. But let's be honest. On a scale of one to ten, I'm going down the low numbers thinking that any of you would take a bullet for me. <laughs> to be honest, I'd be like, oh, you want to shoot Andrea? Crack on. That's, uh, you know, I'll pray for her after. Her soul's safe. She loves Jesus. It's all right. You know, but you know, <laughs> the truth is he died for us. He died for us. And we celebrate him in as a baby, but really he's a roaring lion. He's a roaring lion who saved us, who saved us and rescued us. And because of that, we get to be called co-heirs with Christ. Co-heirs with Christ. Try and work that out. I can't. I can't. I can't work it out. So all I can do is say thank you and pour my life out to him because I can't work that out for myself. So the second thing we need to do, the second thing we need to do is recognize that truth is an action and we get to be active participants in the truth by making it more than lip service, but actually life service as well. Can we put the verse up from Ephesians, Lee? And how do we do that? We do that by recognizing that the gospel of Jesus Christ is supreme. It is unchanging. He is the biggest advocate for us with God. There is only one mediator between God and man. The man, Jesus Christ. Amen. So what do we do? What we do is that we recognize the unadulterated power of the gospel and we speak the truth out. So when we talk, our action, our positive interaction with this gospel truth, big T, is we always tell the truth. Okay, so here we go. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Amen? In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer. Good advice. But must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I love that. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Now that is a fairly exhaustive list, isn't there? I defy any one of you to sit there reading Ephesians later and come up and go, hi, yes, Andrea. But he said I was absolutely allowed to be an absolute horror in this situation. It doesn't. We are told to put off all of that stuff. Galatians 5 goes further, doesn't it? And says, actually, the whole, the, the, you know, our flesh has been circumcised. That's the new. It's been physically cut off and removed from us. And what we now have is the spirit within us powering and informing our every decision. Yes? 
That is what God has done for us. So when we do this, when we speak lies and gossip and slander, and listen, again, no judgment, but we all get caught up in those traps sometimes. It might just be you didn't say anything in that conversation, but you didn't challenge the people who were saying it. That's just the same. It's just the same. We might be in a situation where we just vent I'm a great venter. I do Olympic standard venting, you know, Olympic standard venting. But you know, I have to capture that part of myself that can go too far sometimes and say, do you know what? No, I'm just, that's not godly, Andrea. That is not godly what you're saying. You need to rein that in because venting can quickly become rage. And when we are enraged, we need a focus for our rage, friends. Anger doesn't stay within you it gets projected out to other people. So the thing that you are angry with doesn't stay static. It actually grows and breeds before you know it. You're angry with every other person in your life or for somebody who just looks at you a bit funny or breathed a bit wrong, you know, and you vent at them. You think that is not the godly way. That is not the godly way. If you are angry, my friends, we are here to pray with you. We are here to pray with you and help you deal with that. If there is something in your life that you are harboring unforgiveness or bitterness, you know what? God Most High is listening right now. Hand this stuff over. Hand it over because what God demands through Christ Jesus is not that we just lift our hands up in worship and praise and say, oh, come, let us adore him. He wants every breathing, living second of our lives to be lived in adoration of him. And that means, that means... Sometimes giving up our own will for his. It actually means always giving up our own will for his. It means letting go of the things that we feel justified about holding on to. Sometimes we feel, you know what? Sometimes your anger is justified. I am sorry that that person did that to you. Genuinely. I am genuinely sorry that person hurt you. But it's nobody else's fault. And we can't keep going around giving everybody else a kick in because that one person didn't say sorry to us for what they did to us. We have to let it go. And that can be difficult. And that can be put us in a vulnerable place. And that can make us feel exposed and very, very, very frightened. But my friends, God is asking you this morning to let it go. He's asking you to let it go. For Jesus' name, let it go. And he sees you and he knows you. And he knows that hurt and what it cost. But he is asking you to let him into that bit today. To heal it in his glorious power, in his glorious name. To set you free. Friends, friends, let it go this morning. So the next thing you want to go on to is the living holy. So that's what we do when we actively, we live holy as well, don't we? And in John 15, he says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. That's what you'll do. So what we do is, you see, we say we do, but then there are bits of things that we do that aren't Jesus, aren't they? But what I like to think, because I am a bit minded like this is, well, all the good I do surely outweighs the little bits of wrong I do. Do you think that's true? 
I mean, I wish it was true. I really do wish it was true. My God goes, you know what, Andrea? I love you so much. I give you an opportunity to get it all right. <laughs> you know? And I know you get it wrong sometimes, but keep trying. Keep trying. Keep trying. Because I'm always here. But I think the difference is sometimes in when we habitually keep doing that thing we know we shouldn't be doing, whatever that thing is. The difference is there, isn't it? So Jesus is saying, do you know what? I love you. You're grafted into this vine now. I'm here with you. There is no difference. You are grafted into the vine of Christ. He powers. He's flowing through us. So he's like, could you, I'm begging you, just crack on with me instead of the stuff you like doing on your own? That's basically what he's saying, isn't it? All that stuff you do on your own, in your own strength, in your own power, well done. Round of applause. It's worked. It's worked okay for you up until now, but now try doing it with me. Try doing everything with me. That's what he's asking from us. It's not, he's not asking you to be a totally different person. He loves your personality because he made you in his image. Yes? Yes. People are like that. Oh, did he? What? Really? He loves you. He loves your personality. He loves the things that make you laugh. He loves the things that make you sad and compassionate and empathic because he gave that bit to you. He loves that bit about you. But all he's asking is, so all that other stuff, just hand that over to me as well. I know this is big stuff this morning, but do you know what? If Christmas is about anything, it's about new beginnings. If Christmas is about anything, do you know we go into a period of reflection between Christmas and New Year and it's a real slump and it's like, oh, the things I could have done. Another year, I'm not an international staff stage and screen. Another year. And instead I'm thinking, do you know what? Actually, wrong. I was fabulous last year. I'm going to be fabulous this year as well. You are created for greatness in whatever field your greatness looks like. But I tell you what great looks like is a life that is engaged and powered by the gospel of Jesus Christ, giving God the whole glory so when we cut bits off and won't give them back to him he's saying but that's not what I need from you I don't need you to tell me how much you love me all the time I need you to live like you love me all the time that's what he wants that's what he's asking and I love him for it I love the challenge he puts on my life I love the demands he makes of us because the demands he makes of us are for holy living that's all he is asking is for holy living. Isn't that great? That the God Most High gives us an opportunity to do that. Yes? I think it's great. You can believe what you like. I don't mind. I don't mind. But I want us to believe in the truth. Lee, can we put up the last verse, please? Coming to an end. What God asks us to do, the next active thing we need to do is believe in the truth. You know, we need to live the truth, we need to tell the truth, but we need to believe it with all our hearts. That's where the difference comes. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You know, it goes on. It says, because I am the way, the truth, and the life, says Jesus. He is the way. 
because he is the only path to the Father. The only path to the Father. Your good deeds, your good living, they're not a path to the Father. Belief in Jesus Christ is the only path to the Father. He is the truth because he is the fulfillment of every single promise of God. Do you believe that? He is the embodiment and fulfillment of every single promise God has made. And he is the life because we are joined divinely with him for now and all eternity. Amen. Amen. So this Christmas, you know, you know what God is doing? He's given us a binary choice. It's a yes or no choice. He's asking you. He's asking me. He's asking us. Will you sell the truth for a lie? If your answer is no, I will not sell the truth. Then what he is asking again is, he wants it to be Lord of all or not at all. That's our choice this Christmas. If we want him in our lives, he has to be Lord of all or he's not Lord at all, as the saying goes. But the choice is ours and I thank him for his choice. I thank him for free will to make the choice. So he is asking you, my friends, this morning, he is asking you, he is beseeching you and begging you this morning, please do not sell the truth for a lie. Lord God, we give you all the praise and glory this morning. Lord God, we offer our lives before you as a living sacrifice this morning. Lord God, we want to give you the bits of our lives that we are too scared to show to anyone else this morning. The bits that make us frightened and vulnerable, Lord God. The bits that we rely on too heavily because maybe we're a bit too capable sometimes, Lord God. We give you all those bits this morning. Lord God, everything that we have done, everything that we are doing, and everything that we are capable of doing in the future, we've put before the cross of Jesus Christ this morning. And we offer it humbly for your glory alone, Lord God. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Jesus. Amen. And holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.